Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today's message comes from the Gospel of John, as you heard a few moments ago. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ. So a weird thing happened this week. Another child entered into this world. A child that has technically been a child for the last nine months in the womb, but now we were able to see her outside of the womb for the first time. This thing doesn't happen very often. It's only the second time for me. Some people it has happened to more than twice. Some people it has happened and the child never made it out of the womb. Some people have never been able to conceive. A few weeks ago, we talked about miracles and whether or not they still happen. I think it would be hard to find someone that would tell you that life is not a miracle. Many people are blessed with it. Many people are not. Many people don't want it. And many people do. But this life is not easy. For those of us who are here, we have all gone through many trials, struggles, temptations, times of doubt, times of unbelief. We've experienced loss, death, sadness, darkness, the whole spectrum of terrible things. Some of you have never conceived children. Some of you have had children. Some of you have never seen that child make it out of the womb. And some of you have lost those children after they were outside of the womb. This life can be wonderful. And that's what I think of when I look at our daughter. But this life can also be tragic. And too many of you, unfortunately, know that feeling. And like we talked about two weeks ago, we don't always understand why miracles happen to some people and not others. We don't always understand the reasons why some people seem to go through way more struggles than others. What we do know is that the tragedies in this world happen because of sin. Bad things happen in this world because after Adam and Eve disobeyed God by not following him, this world became cursed. The earth became cursed and mankind became cursed from sin. So all the things that we go through in life, from pain in childbirth to the pain of losing a loved one, all comes from sin. And that's not how it's supposed to be. And it's not right. And the curse goes beyond earthly pain and suffering because what we all deserve for our sins is hell. It's eternal damnation, being forever separated from the love and grace of God. And that's just it, because the wonderful gifts in this world happen because of the love and grace God gives to us. So when we look at Jesus, we see him as God in flesh. God who came to reverse the curse of sin. And he did that by being born fully human, just like us, just like Ivy. Jesus Christ came into this world to take the punishment that our sins deserve. Death, hell, damnation. He did this by being the perfect sacrifice for us. He died and rose from the dead to give us forgiveness, life, eternal life. 
And as we look at today's gospel reading, we see Jesus at the end of the reading saying that he is the bread of life. Now, before he said this, we can go back to the last couple of weeks. Two weeks ago, we saw Jesus feeding the 5,000 men plus all the women and children with five loaves of bread and two fish. Last week, we see Jesus send the disciples ahead of him to cross the sea by boat while he goes off to pray. In the middle of the night, the wind is so strong it prevents the disciples from getting across. Jesus comes and walks on water, gets in the boat, and calms the sea. And today we see that as Jesus and the disciples make it across the water, the people realize that Jesus is no longer there. But know that Jesus didn't get into the boat with the disciples. So they go across the sea and find that Jesus is with the disciples. He tells them that they're only looking for him because he fed them physically. As I was thinking about this text in the hospital after Ivy was born, I was reminded of one very important truth. That I have absolutely nothing to offer our daughter. I look at Ivy and I can't do anything for her. I can't feed her naturally. I can't provide that nourishment for her. I am not the female who can produce milk, and as a result, I have to rely on someone else to take care of our daughter. At this point in time, there is nothing that I myself can give to her that will satisfy her physical well-being, that will stop her from being hungry or thirsty for anything. So who she needs the most right now is Andrea, not me. And that is where I'm reminded of Jesus' words in the gospel. Jesus tells the crowd, You only want me because I fed you, because you ate the loaves and had your fill. And then he goes on to say, Don't concern yourselves only with food that will spoil, that will be here one day and gone the next. Concern yourselves with food that lasts for eternity that the Son of God, I, will give you. Jesus wants to fill them with something other than physical food. The people, of course, don't get it. And so they go back to the Old Testament that we heard earlier, and they say, our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. They had bread from heaven that Moses gave them. This was the sign from God. So if you're from God, what sign are you giving us? That's the problem for all of us, too. We don't get it. We try to satisfy ourselves with all kinds of things that don't last. We chase and follow whatever keeps us satisfied, even if it only lasts for a short time. It's been said that every single person has a God-shaped hole in their soul, and everyone can attempt to fill that with many different things. This is the food that spoils. What is it for you? What are you trying to fill your God-sized hole with that isn't God? Is it real food? Food that will literally spoil? Is it material things? Stuff? Your wealth? Money? Because they say that he who dies with the most stuff still dies. Is it recognition from others? Do you do so many things so that people throw praise and honor on you because it boosts you up and you feel good about yourself? What happens when all those people are gone? 
How do you feel then? Is it sports? I remember a time when Sunday used to be sacred and you never had activities on Sunday morning. That is no longer. And now young people are left deciding between going to church and doing something they love to do. And sometimes it's not the children deciding, it's the parents. When did sports become a bigger priority than God? And what happens when your playing days are over? Your body begins to fail and you realize you've invested all that time and money into something that didn't last forever. Is it some sort of addiction that makes you feel good for a short time? Maybe it helps take the pain of feeling empty away for a while. Is it alcohol? Drugs? Pornography? These temporary highs are just that. Temporary. And they only do more harm than good. Ask any recovering addict, or probably even non-recovering addicts, about how they feel when that drug of choice wears off. Still empty. Unsatisfied. I could keep going, but what this is intended to do for you is to ask yourself, where are you going for your satisfaction in life? If you're going anywhere but Jesus, you will find that your satisfaction is very temporary. And I want you to understand that I'm not perfect. I do this too. I look to things to satisfy my emptiness apart from God. I should know better. I should get it, right? Here I stand as a pastor in front of all of you, but I'm a sinner. And when temptations come, these things that look good on the outside but only destroy on the inside, these things that spoil and fade, that want to take me away from God, I should be able to overcome. I should turn away and turn to the one who overcame every temptation. And the gospel reading reminds me of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness. If you remember, right after Jesus' baptism, the Spirit leads him to the wilderness where he fasts for 40 days and nights. Then Satan comes to him in his 40-day hunger and says, If you're the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. What you're now seeing is the one who would break the loaves and give them to others. The one who would call himself the bread of life is tempted with bread. His physical hunger was tempted to use his powers of God for something selfish and temporary, to take the easy way out. Jesus' response was, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus didn't take the easy way out there, and he never took the easy way out any other time. Even when he was tempted to come down from the cross. Because he knew that the only way to give his people eternal life was for him to take the hard road, to give up his life, to die, only to rise again and show his victory over sin, death, and the tempter, Satan. And so when we go back to the gospel, when the other people wanted some sign from God, Jesus gave them all he had to give them himself.
manna, the bread from heaven in the wilderness, helped to keep the Israelites from physically dying. Jesus, the bread of life, not only cares about our physical needs, that's why he tells us to pray for daily bread, so that he can take care of our hunger and thirst and sustain us on this earth. He cares for our spiritual needs too and has given us himself. He is the bread of life and will never be hungry or thirsty when he fills us. And so he comes to us in his word. And if you are not digesting God's word through the hearing of the word in worship and Bible study, how can you expect to be fed? How can you receive the bread of life unless you come into his presence in worship? That's what the meaning of the third commandment is. Holding the word of God sacred and gladly hearing and learning it. Because in Christ, the bread of life, he has the words of eternal life. And Christ has given us his Holy Spirit to help us remain in Christ and in his word. To help us to get it. To help us overcome temptations. To come to him and receive not just his words, to receive his sacraments as well. Jesus nourishes us through his word and through his sacraments. In baptism, Christ gives himself to us. He clothes us with his righteousness, with his perfection, with his holiness, with himself. And in the Lord's Supper, Christ gives of himself again his body and blood for the forgiveness of our sins, for the strengthening of our faith, and for our salvation. Jesus gives life. I help to bring ivy into this world, but I myself cannot physically nourish her with what she really needs. So too with her spiritual life. And the same goes for you as well. That is why Jesus came, to give you the bread of life, to fill you with himself, so that in him you would never be hungry again. Amen. And now the peace of God which passes all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.